Great morning. Welcome back to another Noodleberg Daily Huddle where we get to start the day with you guys and send it in the right direction. Steve Noodleberg still not on the screen. Feels like it's been a long time. Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but he will be back tomorrow. He's finally actually, actually he will not be on the show tomorrow. He won't uh, be. He's going to be at the the honoring of with Greg Goldstein. He's sitting at the table. Oh, that's right. Right. Oh, wow. So he's basically not here. Yeah, the whole Jake, week. Um, could you put Jake's comment up? Because I just I just need to mention something. So last night I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, we love watching you on the huddle on Mondays. And I said, yeah, now I'm on on Tuesdays, too. I get this week. I'm on Wednesday. And I said, yeah. They said, oh, well, that's great. I said, yeah, it is great. Except my picture's not anywhere. And my damn picture's not on. You gotta get have Patrick take a picture of you in your huddle shirt behind a white wall. I'll no, crop it out. You guys, be on right? There we you go. Know I'm just breaking your chops, right? So Jake will be here tomorrow for sure. So that's yeah. that's the good news. Your, and your, your uh, I'm excited. Be, your dad will be back for the uh, post birthday boy Eddie Dykes, who's our huddler in the hot seat on Friday. Eddie yeah. Dykes, huddler in the hot seat Friday morning. So that's going to be a great show. Um, great stuff. And so yesterday was a great day. Yesterday was a great show. Great leadership conversation. Loved all the engagement from everybody, uh, in the audience. And then I actually had the opportunity to go visit another huddler, Chris White at the Gilda house, Gilda or Gilda clubs, new Gilda clubs, new facility, which is gorgeous right here on prospect just West of 95 big beautiful building um they're doing tons of renovations to it still but it's almost complete and what an unbelievable facility it is for people who have cancer or are affected by cancer for them to get all of the life skills and resources necessary for them to really you know do do the life changes that they need which you know i thought it was such an interesting conversation you know, we're doing an event in October that benefits American cancer. We've done a lot to, you know, to raise funds for breast cancer awareness in October. But the idea that beating cancer is far more than the treatment and far more than just what happens in the medical facility, everything you need outside of it when it comes to nutrition, cooking, you know, um, exercise, and just all of the life changes that have to happen. Super cool the way they set up resources to do that. Yeah, great organization. Uh, I didn't realize, did they sell their other place or they're closing down the other one? So I guess they, I'm assuming they sold it. I'm assuming they sold and then moved and they moved into a really nice, big standalone building on Prospect West of 95 as it starts to curve towards commercial again. I'll have to go stop in and see it. It's really, yeah. So there's the picture for, of me and Chris yesterday, and that's in the front. But the support group rooms, they have a really cool kitchen where you know how you've done recipe for success? Uh huh. They're actually going to use that kitchen to do nutrition classes for cancer patients to teach right. them 
how to make the right recipes for the foods they need to eat in order to help them battle the chemo and actually help them put in the right kind of diet to help them fight the cancer. Um, And a ton of other really cool stuff. Yeah. So it was great. It was great to see Chris. It's great to go over there. How was your day yesterday? My day was good. Uh, Well, it could have been better, but I sat at a school board meeting for four hours while they talked about uh, resolutions, uh, 75 resolutions, all about celebrating different cultures and different people, Disability Month, right? Black History Month, blah, blah. But there were a group of people there who wanted them to take out uh, to the two resolutions, which were dedicated to the LGBT population. And I have to tell you, it was extremely discouraging, disappointing Mm. in the human race, because the things that came out of some of these people's mouths, I, I was just, I can't imagine being a gay person in that room and not feeling right targeted. Yep. Uh, it was awful yesterday. It really was. Um, and I, and I'm sad that we've come to this. This was not about educating kids about LGBT right choices or whatever. This was merely about celebrating different groups and different mm. populations. And I just thought it was very sad. So I sat there for four hours before my agenda item came up listening to that. And I had all I could do to not like want to get up to the microphone and say something, but I can't, I couldn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, Andy Cagnetta says, you know, they are empowered. It's sad. It's, it's, that's yeah. great. And so this was a school board meeting that was open to the public. And these are people from the open. public yeah, that were just open. showing up to voice their opinion on why we shouldn't celebrate LGBTQ. It's happening around the country, uh, the whole woke thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But Florida is is worse, uh, I think, in in how it's being approached. And Andy's absolutely right. Uh, They are empowered and they're coming to these meetings. Uh, They're saying that it's about education, but that had nothing to do with education yesterday. And by the way, I don't know about you, but when I was listening to them, they were talking about how our kids are here to learn math and reading and science. I don't know about you, but I want my kids to learn a lot more than that when they're in school. And part of what they're learning is how to deal with different people and how to appreciate different cultures and diversity. So I, I think we we are, some people are being very narrow-minded. So That is a bingo segue to our next conversation, which we're going to talk about the power of the first job the difference between the classroom and the workplace and all that gets learned early on. Shay, give us some wake up music. We're going to come back. We're going to continue this conversation. Great job, Lori. So you put out a great post this morning about your first job and, you know, remembering your first job and how it was a stepping stone from the classroom to the to the workplace. And I was actually having this conversation while I was in the gym this morning with the people I was working out with. And I was like looking back at my college career. And I would say that like 75 percent of the classes that I took while I was in college 
were a complete waste of time. Like it was wasn't anything that really sure there were some basic like problem solving or like you can always like make the argument that like, oh, it taught you how to do certain life skills. But I probably would have gotten far more had it been in the area category or something that would help me operate more in the marketplace. So you were talking about this is how like you really hope that people and you hope your kids while they're in school learn a lot more than math, science and reading. How do we navigate that change as leaders, as people that are in the in the community trying to push towards this break of a structured system and some old beliefs and trying to navigate these waters and moving forward? How do we do that well? Well, I, first of all, our, our educational system is so big and so antiquated. The likelihood of us changing that, right, is in our, <laughs> at least in my lifetime. I've been trying, but it, it's not going to happen. But, right. Um, so I think we have to find ways to work around that. And I think, you know, there are other organizations. I'm, this is not a plug for JA, but I think the partnership, and I was very proud because the second part of the meeting I was there uh, was to uh, support the JA contract with Broward County Public Schools. And we're going into year 14 of a really deep partnership where every single student goes through these programs. And I do have to commend the school board members, right? for continuing to see that this integrated into the academics, right? JA programs where they're starting real companies, going into summer jobs, right? But we're training them for eight months, learning how to handle their paychecks when they get them. All those things are not what they're learning in the classroom. But those are the very things, in my opinion, that they should be learning, right? They should be mandated, not elective, not, you know, a choice, they should be part of education, in my opinion, because math, reading, science is not enough. And so that that kind of segues into that conversation of like, OK, people are protesting, celebrating LGBTQ community in the classroom. Those kids are going to have to go out into the real world, whether it be an internship when they're 12 years old because they're a part of J.A. or whether they get their first job at 13 or 14, whatever it is now, and enter into the workforce. Like, I think I went to work at, at Publix when I was 14. I think I was my first job. I was bagging groceries and like that was the first thing. But like I was you're going to meet gay people <laughs> like they, they exist and they're going to be there. And so. How does it make sense to try to shelter somebody from just having awareness that it's out there as opposed to saying school is strictly for math, reading and science, and that's all you're there to learn when the life skills you need are so much more than that? It, do it doesn't connect for me. So in terms of like J.A., right, as an educational system. How does that really work to supplement for the students in making them well-rounded and well-prepared for the community, for their, for their life, really? Well, I'll, I mean, I'll use the, the, I'll go back to the post where our students, after eight months of training, uh, they're doing business case challenges where they're solving real business problems with mentors, just like all of our huddlers, right? Um, and then, so they're now prepared to go into a job. Now, they're not going to McDonald's. We don't place kids at McDonald's. They could do that on their own. These are kids who are going into, and there were 80 kids we placed through our program and then another 25 for another program, um, who went into professional jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Companies. They, so they went into HR, marketing, logistics, all those different fields. Um, those are, and then I said this in my post, 
what they're learning on the job there is not the reading math science. I mean, obviously they need, need to know how to read, but they're practicing their digital skills, which guess what? If they don't have digital skills, when they get out of school, they're going to be in trouble, right? right? But there is no class on digital skills. And if there is, it's not that good, but uh, <laughs> sorry, but um, you, you have to apply digital skills in, in real situations rather than just right. sit there and somebody teach you how to do word. Right. So, I think that experiences, and that's what I think organizations like JA can do, is give them the opportunity. I was talking with two of the kids from the entrepreneurship program last night who are now keeping their company going, mm -hmm. right? They said the work skills they learned in this program, they said by far, absolutely, they did not learn any of this in school. It was such an amazing pleasure to talk with all of them last night. Um, and so these, the skills, look, I was a lifeguard. That was my first job when I was 14. <laughs> Guess awesome. what? That was a lot of responsibility for a 14-year-old. Sure. Okay? Way more summer? than bagging groceries. Like I was responsible for carts and making sure that the eggs didn't right. get put in with the milk carton. You know, like, I was making sure the kids didn't drown. Okay. Right. And it was a summer camp. So I can't tell you how crowded the pool was. Right. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I got some certification and they threw me in right in the deep end, to, you know, not literally, but to talk about pools, but, um, but there were so many skills that I learned. I had to pay attention, right? I had to be aware of what was going on around me. I had to be on my post when I was supposed to be on my post, right? I had to understand the equipment, right? The tools that I had to work with. There was, but when I think back on that, I had no freaking clue that's what I was learning. <laughs> I had no idea. I just thought I was there to do a job and that was the end of it. But that was the very beginning of building the skill sets, right? That got me to where I am today without right. even realizing, right? It's like my book. I talk about the C words that got me through some tough times in my life. I don't think we realize what we're learning or the skills we're developing when we're going through things it's later on when we look back and we go, oh, how did I get here? Yep. Then you go back to that first experience and you go, like I just told you all the things I learned. I never thought about that till this morning. Transferable skills is, is the way that I like to look at it because whether I look back to being a bagger at Publix or running, you know, Sublicious, my favorite sub shop ever in Cooper City, or then becoming an equipment manager and getting into football coaching and then into, you know, the business world and my first sales job and then being an entrepreneur and working with with our family business, the transferable skills, right? Communication, organization, attention to detail, timeliness, like sense of urgency, mm -hmm. the things that that I could look back to being a bagger and being like, when you look down the row and there was a line of people, I better make sure I wasn't taking my sweet ass time bagging the bags because everybody was going to start to get pissed off. I better make sure I was on it, getting it in the bag, getting it out the door to try to help everybody feel good. That's a skill that I don't care where you place it in what business that's that's super valuable for people to have that exactly. served me well as I continued to grow professionally. So you spoke about technical skills. You, you spoke about digital skills, right? And, and being able to have digital skills. I went into a McKinsey article yesterday where they talked about social media and personal brand. And they talked about, Shay, can you actually pull up my post? Do we have a screenshot of it so I can actually read the quotes? Leaders who use social media are perceived more positively 
And research suggests that CEOs who use social media are seen as more responsive by employees. Executives who engage more in personal branding on social media are 94% more likely to be hired compared to an equally qualified candidate. So like, stop the press right there. The word personal brand and social media is no longer like a thing for the kids or a waste of time. There's real data and there's real analytics behind the way it affects your leadership and the way it affects you as a candidate and your growth professionally to say that personal branding is a tool that you have to have in your toolkit now in order to be successful. That's a serious shift. When do you think that like this really happened? What the shift happened? Oh, yeah. I, like, I like, it, look, my dad's been doing personal brand way before I was comfortable. Yeah, but I think during brand. COVID, I think during COVID was a major shift for a lot of people. But I do want to build on. I think there's more to it than just than not just, but then the personal brand. And I posted that in there. We make every kid get on LinkedIn. I, I get. I'm getting invites from these kids every day. Yep. And I said to them last night, if I could leave you with one thought. It is the power of connection, right? right? And LinkedIn, and I talked about LinkedIn with them, connect with your employer, your coworkers, your mentors. Those are the people that are now your network that when you're looking for that next job, right? And you just said it, they're going to be the candidate that I'm going to look at, even though they're young, right? And they're beginning their career. But if I see that posting, them posting and connecting with, with leaders on LinkedIn, it's going to be a whole lot different opinion than the kid or the young person who's not. And so that connection and building your network, I didn't know that when I had my first job or my first few jobs. Well, first of all, I don't think anybody really knew it, right? You, you kind of got told that like, oh, relationships were the thing, but like you didn't really know the power that it was going to have until you started getting older and older and you started realizing the way the dots connected. There was also no real way to hold those connections tight other than put them in your book, right? You either had to have a phone book or you had to have, you know, your Rolodex. Like I talked about it with the CEA crew. I was like, who here has used the Rolodex in their, in their career? And everybody's hand goes up. You know what I mean? I was like, you guys do understand that this is a digital Rolodex sitting behind me, right? Like that's all. I never heard of a Rolodex. I'm not that old. <laughs> But but so like understanding that there was no real way to harness that relationship power so efficiently and so effectively in such an easy way to, to be able to communicate to everybody that way. So where is the training on this then? Like I sit here and I'm going to speak to the school of Florida State School on, 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 in October, I'm going to speak to them at their real estate trends conference. I'm going to speak to a bunch of the students and the alumni. And still, everybody who hears about LinkedIn is it's social media business, but nobody really understands what that means. People think that it's still just a place for your resume or it's a place to go look for a job. They don't understand the connectivity to it. They don't understand the power of the people. How do we, aside from this group right here, which everybody every in our community understands it, how do we push this to be a norm, to be taught to everybody as a necessary skill set for your professional development? Well, if I were starting a school tomorrow, 
this would be part of digital skills, right? Or or marketing or some sort of course um, and, and with some accountability built in. So, but I'm not starting a school tomorrow, although we are talking about some sort of model like that. But unfortunately, it's not being taught in our schools and it will be through a program like JA or others, right? Who are teaching young people about the power of this kind of connection and this kind of personal branding. I mean, or again, it's mentors. You know, I love Andy said, have them link with me too. I'm going to start a list uh, for, for the kids, right? And when we're teaching them to go on LinkedIn, hey, these are the people you've already met, but here are some of our leaders who want to connect with you and want to be part of your network and they want you to be part of theirs. So Andy, I think that's an amazing idea, but it's going to have to be by all of us who are doing this, get involved, get with the young people right and help them to understand how powerful this is like luke salman reached out to me right cmo profin technologies of course mm -hmm. it's a blank invite so i respond hey luke thanks for the invite you mind me asking you know what made you want to connect or how you found me i'm the cmo of the national award-winning profin technologies ja team from south florida this past year i know you have a strong connection to ja thank you for support supporting all of us young entrepreneurs it's an honor to follow you like Bingo, like the dude just created a connection. You know, yeah. the dude just immediately built a relationship. I don't know how I can help him. I don't know if I'll ever be able to help him. But as soon as I can, or as soon as that opportunity arises, you better believe that I'm going to be willing to jump at that right away because of the way that he just added somebody to his network, a piece of relationship capital that he'll be able to call back on. There's not enough of the kids learning that. There's not enough of the kids doing that. And there's not enough. I don't, there are not enough people, number one, generationally understanding. When you see that, that people and CEOs are viewed differently when they have a personal brand, that should be an alarm bell going off in everybody's head in an organization going, if I want to get to the top, here's something I have to do. I have to understand how to leverage this unbelievable platform be a storyteller, be willing to share, know how to share and know how to do that consistently in order to get me to where I want to go. People need to know, like I, that's well, all I can and, really say. And I go back to the school district. I'm listening. Your, your teachers are great and their, their teachers are trained, right. And educated to do certain things. But most of them have never been in the real business in the world, right? And and haven't had to build these connections, right, for jobs or whatever. So if we don't train our teachers in the school system, then they're not going to be able to train our kids. And that's why programs like, hey, look at this. I got four or five people already who said, put me on the list, right? We have a responsibility. Look, school didn't teach me either. But the mentors and the people who invested in me and hired me as a, as, a, as a teenager, as a high school person, to give me a chance to learn. Now, hopefully I brought some value to it as well, right? But, yep. you know, maybe I didn't bring as much value as somebody who was more seasoned, but I brought some sort of value to, to the table. We have to invest. It can't just be Jay, by, by the way, by ourselves, right? We need this whole network to get to our kids. And so if I were to create a school tomorrow, which like I said, there is a model we're working on, the, uh, this would be part of it. AI, learning AI would be a part of it. These, these are things our schools are yeah. just not teaching and that's the world we live in today. Lori, I, th I think we have an idea here. Even Scott said GOTV for the next teacher workshop in Broward. 
why are we not teaching teachers LinkedIn? We might be on to something here. And whoever I work for a living is from, from YouTube. She said, I like how you asked why he connected. Great question. That's a part of our LinkedIn course. That's what we teach everybody to do on LinkedIn. When you're connecting, you never accept a blank invite. Lori, fantastic conversation. Once again, we did not get to motivational morning music. We just went right through with our conversation. So I we absolutely love- the format on Steve. By the way, Steve did ask if I wanted to change my last name to Noodleberg. <laughs> um, if I get in the picture, I might consider it. We are honorary family members. That's sort of a um, that's sort of a prerequisite for getting in the picture. Okay, I'll great, change my name. Fine. Great stuff. We will see you guys tomorrow. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Let's get down to business. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down. Let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business.